Welcome, friends, uh, to Liberation Lectionary, uh, where each week uh, we look at the upcoming readings assigned in the Revised Common Lectionary. Um, and uh, we are in search of liberation. We're on a search and rescue mission. And uh, we are convinced that uh, in whatever reading uh, we're uh, excavating or exploring or taking apart, we will find nuggets of liberation uh, that you can take in using your own sermons or your own uh, street, um, street rally speeches or dinner table conversations. So my name is Jamie Edwards Acton. I am an Episcopal priest uh, in Los Angeles. And with me as always is... Hey friends, I'm Francisco Garcia and I am also an Episcopal priest hanging out in Nashville, Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> Good to be with you all today. And uh, today, well, we are looking at this upcoming Sunday, and it is Pentecost Sunday. So we are in year B. We're going to look at, uh, we're actually going to take on, uh, as a starter, uh, the, the passage from John, uh, the gospel reading. And, uh, but of course, we will have the Acts reading uh, kind of hovering in the background as well. Um, I probably won't be able to uh, restrain myself from uh, kind of leaning over into the Acts passage just because it's uh, a little louder and um, more agitating, which is my style. So, um, but uh, we're going to start by reading this passage from John. And Francisco, I think you're going to do us the honors. That's right. We're going to have the visual of the divided tongues as a fire as we have that image as we read the Gospel of John and put them together, right? Okay, so John 15. 26 to 27 and uh, John 16, 4b to 15. A little tricky there. Jesus said to his disciples, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will provide the world wrong. He will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me about righteousness because I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer, about judgment because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot hear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. All right. Okay. Well, thank you, Francisco. I think, yeah, I mean, this, this Gospel passage, it's not, it doesn't even, um, it's not even the, the Pentecost uh, scene in John, right? There is a Pentecost scene in John uh, where Jesus does impart like it's the actual event uh, where Jesus uh, in a much different than acts 
you know, but, but nevertheless, Jesus kind of, um, you know, imparts his uh, spirit, um, his breath uh, to the, uh, to the disciples, his friends. This is more just, it's part of the farewell supper, uh, farewell discourse, right? This last, these, these, I, these four chapters from chapter 14 through 17 in John, where um, that is, it starts out with the washing of feet and, um, or right before it. And then, um, and then uh, as kind of a model of how the community of G, you know, Jesus community is after he's gone is to love one another and to serve, right. And to, to lead, right. So it's this kind of uh, this servant leadership that Jesus is modeling. And then he goes on to prep them for four chapters uh, on his departure. And here we have uh, this promise, right. There's, as we talked about last week, there's a lot of anxiety in the air, a lot of uncertainty about what's going to go down after this Thursday, this Monday, Thursday night for Jesus. And then, you know, everyone who's connected to him. And um, so, you know, the four chapters of his farewell discourse is filled with promise, filled with kind of explanations, right? Going uh, really above and beyond trying to explain, uh, you know, what to expect. I think the first thing I would just, that jumps out at me, uh, Francisco, as we uh, read this particular passage in John um, is just the description of the Holy Spirit, Jesus's spirit, uh, his, you know, which is uh, kind of a power and energy, I think, that, uh, that we have access to and we're given access to. And um, I love how it, I just love advocate as my favorite description of it. You know, there's a number of different, you know, uh, descriptions of yeah. Holy Spirit. But I love the advocate the best because I guess it speaks to me and others like me who, uh, you know, it's, it's probably easier to put up with the condemnation of others, right? Like the dismissal of others or the, you know, when others try to uh, like make, you know, make you less than God's beloved. Uh, that's one thing that's hard enough. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, for me, it's easier because I have something to kind of push back against, right? Uh, trying to um, convince, you know, whoever that I am worthy and, uh, and that I am, a, you know, a person uh, that deserves, um, that has dignity and deserves, you know, respect and stuff. But, you know, we do the same thing to ourselves. And that's where I think that's where this is so, so much more meaningful for me where there is this kind of, you know, this divine kind of uh, advocate, this, we have this, we have this uh, public defender, right, going on inside <laughs> us, who even when we think that, you know, that we're not uh, who we say we are, or who people think we are, or we're not good enough, or whatever, which is a tape that not only plays in my head, I'm sure it plays in all kinds of people's heads in all kinds of different ways, that I love this idea of, um, you know, this advocate, someone coming to our defense, even internally, even when we are the prosecutor, right? When we are our own prosecutor, mm. uh, spiritual prosecutor, there is this spiritual advocate uh, that, you know, in, in, the, in the spirit of Jesus, who will come and stand alongside us in solidarity and, and argue our case, right? Argue our case, whether it be to 
you know, the, the uh, divine court or whether it be to the public court or whatever, or our own internal judge. So that's, that's, I think the first thing that just stands out for me is that, and I think that's so connected to, uh, you know, liberation, right? I mean, cause Absolutely, it's yeah. a very comprehensive liberation we're after, not just uh, from social forces that would oppress us, but internal forces too. Uh, that often are created and, and shaped by social forces, right? That's but right, yeah. uh, but they're 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 real and inter- and internal, nevertheless. So, um, anyways, that's what jumps out at me first. Yeah, with you on that and the advocate, and um, you know, obviously, there's for us in our cur- in our contemporary culture, there's the the connotation of justice. Obviously, right? If you're going to have an advocate someone who's advocating for you, it's, it's, it's to, you know, to make things right, you know, um, to, to, to right the wrongs and what, and whatever they might look like. And so all of the dimensions that you discussed, I think are true from the personal to the, to the collective, um, you know, and the institutional. And so I like to think of it in terms of, um, you know, especially in our Trinitarian tradition, here we have sort of glimpses of what that can mean, right? The relationality between um, the, the, the three interrelating, um, you know, obviously it becomes problematic when we say persons and people think that we're talking about literal persons, right? Of the Trinity, mm-hmm. um, people get lost in that, right? But the interdependence and interrelationality between God and God as creator, right? Um, Jesus as that you know, um, incarnational presence of God, the manifestation of God, um, you know, on this earth, and then the spirit, right? Um, the third entity um, or relationship of, of God um, ad- in spirit as advocate, right? And so, and how they all kind of come together in, um, you know, Leonardo Boff, you know, Brazilian um, liberation theologian called it um, Holy Trinity, perfect community, right? The Trinity is an example of the perfect community, because it represents this, again, interdependence um, between um, our, our material lives, our spiritual lives, um, and then our relationship to, to God through Jesus, right? Um, and the spirit, I think, is that energy, as you said, that force, that power, that, that is that inner power, but it, in, in my mind, it's also the collective power right. that we build together. And that's why, um, um it, it's about the force it's and i think of it in terms of like uh you know in our nonviolence, you know teachings that soul force that that satyagraha that gandhi talked about um it i think that's the spirit i think that's the advocate right it's right. that that collective advocate that that stirs in us that spark um for for more right that for to, to lift up our human dignity and the human dignity of every single person and to and then to to look at what's happening in the world and be able to, you know, to mourn and lament, but then also to do the work that is needed to, to right the wrongs, right? To bring the force of the advocate to bear in this world in very real and powerful ways, in a way that heals us and the way that heals others and helps restore. And so that's kind of what's coming up for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it, it was probably, it's a little misleading to uh, distinguish, you know, or um, between like an internal advocate and the collective advocate. I love that. I think it's all one. It's all kind of like the same thing happening. But I do, you know, those, 
trainings you refer to, it's those are definitely, you know, Pentecostal moments uh, for Absolutely. activists like us. It's when, you know, it's a, and it's a, it's a, it's per, it's it, the timing matches this kind of reading right on a Monday Thursday because there's it's usually right before an action where we don't know how things are going to go down, right? We it's it could go this way, it could go that way. Uh, people are, are risking arrest often and stuff, and you just don't have control over other people's actions, how people feel that day, what you know, woke up on what side of the bed or whatever. So there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of anxiety, which kind of match, it reflects kind of the emotions that are going on in this passage and it makes sense. Um, so yeah, so I love that. Uh, I love the promise in this, in this reading. It's a promise we kind of lift up together when we train together, right? And do that. And um, so I'm so happy that you brought that up. Um, well, I told you I wasn't going to be able to keep from the Acts passage for very long because I'm Jump just, on in, brother. I'm just thinking about it. And, <laughs> you know, I'm just, well, I'm just thinking about the two, you know, the kind of seminal symbols or the manifestations of the spirit here. And one is, you already mentioned the tongues of fire. And the other is this kind of really forceful wind that sounds like an earthquake. And I think the default, you know, the default, um, thinking about those uh, for a lot of folks is they, you know, they, they think that the, they assume that the fire is some kind of purifying uh, force, right? Um, manifestation um, to purify the disciples as they embark on this, uh, well, as they become the beloved community, mm -hmm. right? In this moment. And, and then, um, and then the, the spirit is like this kind of this force that is pushing them blowing them out into the world, right? Um, to carry out this mission. And I'm just, I was just thinking about it as if we turn those kind of upside down and, um, and, and maybe see the, I mean, just for the, you know, for us in search of liberation, I'm thinking about this fire, you know, um, well, Francisca, you probably, you probably interviewed a few organizers uh, in your lifetime, right? To work for this or that. And yep. one of the common questions, as you know, like I was asked when I interviewed IF back way back, oh my God, a half century ago feels like. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, the first question they asked me is, you know, uh, like kind of what makes you angry, right? Where, where did you, where, talk to me about your anger. And um, in it, their point is not, the, the point was to uh, highlight how, righteous anger can be a, a motivating force, right? Uh, for, for good, for all kinds of action and good. Um, I think about my own life right now that, you know, Francisco, uh, just um, feeling super frustrated uh, on a personal level, feeling frustrated uh, with family because of uh, just the inadequacy of uh, the mental health system in right. our um in our society and, and the inadequacy of the policing, you know, the, the, or the role that the police are, uh, feel like they need to play or try yeah. to play or compelled to play, which is just, it's just, it's so infuriating to me right now. Right. Um, and it's always been, it's always been, it's, it's always caused, you know, great distress for me, but, uh, now it's very personal now. And I'm, I'm very, very angry. I'm in, right. you know, and it's like, I feel like it's this righteous anger inside me is trying to, I'm trying to tap into that to help 
change it, right? To help Absolutely. make a difference. So I think that we can look maybe at these tongues of fire as, you know, maybe dancing on their heads at first, but then going inside them, right? Inside mm -hmm. their souls and lighting their souls on fire uh, that they might see that, that they might uh, in, in that, that the spirit might help them tune into the injustices and yep. the suffering more around them and it might motivate them. So that's one thing I would turn. And then the, the wind, rather than blowing us out, uh, maybe this wind uh, is so strong because that's what it's going to take to blow us together, right? Closer together that yeah. we might have to come, you know, it's going to take that kind of force to, to kind of really push us um, into proximity with one another that, uh, one, that we have to kind of have conversations that are hard, but ultimately, two, that we might uh, discover uh, that we have more humanity in common than we, than we have. Uh, That's right. So, um, so those, those, I just wanted those symbols, you know, are, have been running around in my head uh, in the Acts passage. So that's why I couldn't help myself, but go talk about it. No, that's good. And um, what, what comes up, what came up for me as you were talking about that, about how the, the fire doesn't stay on top of our heads, but actually comes within, mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously then the, the power of the Holy Spirit that exists in all things, including within us. I think about um, the Quaker tradition, um, which, you know, we, we often, um, you know, we like to think that as Episcopalians, we got it all figured out with our own, you know, our book of common prayer tells us everything, but, you know, there's a lot to learn from our, from our ecumenical friends and other traditions. And so, right, you know, the Quaker tradition has the idea of the inner light or the, and, or another way that they've spoken about it is the divine spark, right. which in Spanish, yeah, I, I like to think about la chispa, you know, chispa you get that chispa. I like That's that it. word because it, it is, it's like this, it's, it's, it's an igniting force, you know? Um, and it can be, yes, it can, it could bring, when you tap into it, um, it can bring you to a very contemplative place. But I think at the same time, it does not disconnect you from the realities of your life and of the world, right. um, you know? And yeah. so I think that that inner light or that inner fire, um, however we want to think about it, the Holy Spirit, I think it's all the same thing, different variations of the same thing that I think really draws us, draws us in to, to really identify our, you know, our fullest self, but then also brings us back out to connect with, with, with humanity and in particular, the deepest needs of humanity that we see around us. And yeah. in particular, the people, right? And places that, um, that we are um, close to um, in all kinds of different ways, not, not just geographically, you know, it could be family, but it could also be obviously a particular community or it could be um, a particular um, region of the world, you know? Um, and that I think inner spark helps us again, um, looking at this from that perspective of, of the Trinity, it's that interdependence between all of these things. Um, and so I think that that is a powerful metaphor from Acts to think about how that fire actually um, doesn't, doesn't refine us. Like, you know, we think about that refiner's fire thing, but actually right. keeps, keeps, keeps us going, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a combustion you know, combustion engine, uh, which is, you know, how many metaphors can we throw in? Right. <laughs> well, well, and you got me think, I know you've got me going now. You, uh, cause I'm thinking just, you know, um, 
I mean, this, you know, this, this, uh, this last summer and and uh, in 1992 and in the Watts yeah. riots and you know I'm just thinking of how the external you know what we witness externally is a reflection of what people are experiencing inside you know what I mean yeah. so it's so beyond just like a refiner's fire or beyond just like a, a righteous anger fire there is this kind of um, you know this uh, oppression can, you know, kind of uh, historical and enduring oppression and can just create this combustible, um, you know, uh, situation in folks. And, um, and fire is in that, you know, I'm trying to what kind, you know, in, in internally in that sense is, well, it's a release, you know, I think it's a, it's a, you know, where the whole thing's going to go. <laughs> it's just like, you know, so there's there's a lot here. I could see, um, you know, I could see, um, yeah, this fire this fire metaphor particularly has all kinds of angles uh, to it, uh, which I find meaningful. You know, uh, right? Faith and in our work. Yeah. And we talk about right. I mean, there's this, there's this phrase, and the activist uh, maybe in other other worlds too. But we, you know, we live in the. A, a, a lot of times in the activist world, you know, about having fire in your belly, right? So there's that's another, right. there's another one, right? I think right. It's, it's that feeling. And I think that's the advocate. That is the presence of the advocate. Um, right. And so the more that I think we um, are aware of that and can really tap into that. Yeah, the advocate, I think, helps us tap into our righteous anger and helps right. us channel it so it doesn't sort of like eat us alive, right? Because I think, I think just complete constant anger without an, a, an appropriate way to, to exercise it, um, I think can, you know, can destroy us, you know? Um, right. I also think that anger is a real gift um, and, and it can be used in powerful ways to actually bring about uh, the kind of justice that we need, um, you know, in our, in our personal and in our lives and community. Yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still thinking of this social, uh, you know, this fire um, and connecting back to John passage and how, you know, when it when it the when it does when the, the in, that internal fire does externalize, you know, and, and it just kind of, you know, comes out in communities that it just can't take it anymore. Um, it makes me think of this where he says in John, you know, he basically says, I'm going to send the advocate because I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to change how the world sees you. I'm going to have, I'm going to have to change their understanding of how they, of how they understand you and how they understand righteousness and how they understand sin and how they understand judgment. And, and, and you can just look back at these events and you can see that there is this, um, there's, a, there is a lot of paradigm shifting. The, I mean, there's also a lot of, uh, you know, kind of people hunkering down in there in their, their old worldviews, but there also is this change, right? When they see stuff up close like that and it's, and it's uh, you know, it's, it's like its purpose is to jar us into a new orientation. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so. So maybe that's where we, it, it kind of touches on this other part of the passage where it talks about um, the advocate uh, proving the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, right? So what does that mean? So right. again, words that get tossed around in all kinds of ways, but let's really understand what 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 is happening here when um, we talk about sin, right? 
um, as you know, from our from our right. liberation perspective, it's not that personal piety sin no. has been shut about down. Right now. Social sin. That's the that's the conversation, right? Right now, it's like, you know, uh, our original sin. We use that language. I mean, you know, this country's original sin is racism and slavery, and and you know, so it's it's uh, it's very much connected to this. Uh, really this disabusing people of ways of thinking and, and um, um, in terms of sin and judgment and righteousness and, and flipping things on their head, you know, yep. really kind of challenging uh, the way people see the world. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, that conversation is happening all over the place right now. And what does it say there? Like, uh, because they do not believe in me again, like, so we can continue to unpack this and, and, and um, what does it mean? they do not believe in me they do not believe in the way right in the way right. of jesus right they right. are not following in the way of jesus it's, it doesn't mean that you they are buying into his program they don't buy into the fact that everyone is welcomed at the table absolutely. that the circle is a is getting larger not smaller um that we have more in common than we have different that uh you know that the lowly will be lifted up and the powerful will be brought down you know from the thrones like his mom said and so, <laughs> so yeah they don't buy into his program um rather than just they don't you know kind of believe in him you know as a belief or something like that right so uh going and then the the, the last one about judgment because the ruler of the world has been condemned again it's it's a critique of of the social systems of oppression that have divided and separated and trampled upon people right. and th that this sort of this other spirit that hovers in the world which is sort of like that spirit uh, that that causes us to 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 oppress right and to hurt right. and to and to and to lust and to greed um and not to think of ourselves as as connected right and these are, these are very, very, uh, I mean, we have to remember too, for those listening, all three of you listening to us right now, but uh, that, you know, this, it, Jesus was talking about social forces, you know, these were not divine. Uh, I don't see right. him talking about divine kind of mysterious forces here. These are real kind of forces that they're experiencing in a society where we're, and do, you know, we need to do our homework when we kind of, we've talked about this when we take on John's gospels that we need to know the historical context and, and um, that it's they, you know, Christianity is not the majority. They're this tiny minority and they're, mis they're still Jews at the time. They're not Christians. Uh, and, and, but they're just the, because they have, this group has bought into Jesus's program, right? Uh, that they're catching all kinds of heat for that, real heat from society. Um, not like, not like um, spiritual heat, you know, from internal malignant force or whatever. No, this is from, you know, from religious leadership, from societal, gov you know, from governmental leadership, from, um, and it's, and it's real, it's, it's like real suffering they're experiencing. Um, and the real suffering, suffering and the yeah. real suffering is, is leads to separation from God which is right. how we understand sin, right? <laughs> right, right, right. And yeah, and, and that's how we could understand the wind too, right? Of, of Pentecost, trying not just blow us together, but try to blow us back into communion with God rather than blow us out, you know, again, but to blow us back into communion with God. Yeah. 
So I think, yeah, I think, you know, for anyone that actually is preaching about this, you could spend a good amount of time focusing on that section, right? About what, in what context are we to, and, and how are we to think about sin, righteousness, and judgment? Um, not, toss, not toss these words out the window um, in, in this kind of happy-go-lucky uh, Christianity, but actually restore, I think, their real meaning from, from the perspective of, of liberation and what right. Jesus was trying to sort of proclaim in the world. Yeah, and I, and I mean, one, I think one of the obvious routes people can take, I'm sure a lot of people are taking on Pentecost and have, and unfortunately, the last few years, but, you know, this, the, the word for this wind and spirit and breath are all the same. And um, so um, when we think about in our societal context, you know, uh, I can't breathe has become, you know, a very unfortunate kind of just uh, rally cry, you know, and um, but it speaks, it not only speaks to, you know, a, a human being that was, you know, uh, killed on the ground, right, as four cops kneeled on him, but it speaks about us. It speaks, first, it speaks about a people, you know, the African-American people in, uh, in, in our society and our, you know, historically in this country and stuff. But I think it also speaks to us in total, you know, that like, as a, a country, you know, we are having a hard time breathing. Um, and um, with all the, this structural uh, division and oppression and, and weight uh, upon people, um, that it's, it's making it hard for a lot of people to breathe. Um, yeah. You know, and and, and, and and we could apply that in a number of different contexts. Yeah, and at the and that, yeah, and I think that's true, and I think that's what's kind of uh, about beautiful about the passage. It, you know, coming back to the advocate and the spirit of truth, right? When the spirit of truth comes, the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth, um, right? Um, thinking about. Um, the things that are coming to light, right? Because um, it's a it's a new day, right? Um, you know, the the response of uh, you know that has become uh, against racial oppression and the, these historic legacies that um, you know the movements that have come forth in the last year have been the most sort of you know multiracial uh, response um, that we've seen, I think, in our in our lifetime. You know, never mm -hmm. it's not just seen as a black issue or a Latinx issue, or, you know, it's, it's actually an American issue that we have to contend with, you know, as, as a country. Um, the, the amount of money that goes into, um, you know, into military, militarization of police budgets and into our federal defense budget and that gets allocated and sent to other countries to use as instruments of war, right? That stuff is being called into a question now, whether we're talking about the money, you know, we talked about Palestine, right? The $4 billion that has been going to, you know, the, Israel, the Israeli government um, or the, the, you know, the half a million to a million dollars that has been going to Colombia to, to, uh, to uh, you know, for, uh, you know, the so-called war on drugs, right? <laughs> that is now being used to, um, you know, clamp down on protesters that are fighting for democracy, right? This stuff is coming up. It's being brought right. to light. And so I kind of right. think of it as the spirit of truth that is hovering and moving through people's movements yeah. um, around the world, right, for human dignity.
Yeah. I love that, Francisco. I think we should end there. That's a all right. That that <laughs> that works. Um, that'll preach. Um, well, Francisco, I always appreciate this time I spend with you, and um, we will be back again next week, as we are every week. Try to be every week. We hope that you will join us uh, every week. If uh, you didn't know yet, you can find us on a podcast as well. If you prefer that, as you do your morning walks or you're um, just uh, you know driving or whatever, um, you can find Liberation Lectionary on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, and on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it would be great if not only you listened to us, but you shared it with your friends. And if you reviewed us, uh, particularly on Apple Podcasts, wow, that would be awesome. We would love to hear uh, a review from you. It would help us get out the word a little bit That's more right. um, and to share with friends. And of course, you can find us on Facebook and, and Instagram as well. Um, but uh, Francisco, I think we're going we're gonna to leave it there until next week. I want to make sure you put your red on, everybody, uh, to express this righteous anger. So at my church, it's, it's red shirt, red clothing, but then some kind of protest shirt, too. So it has to not Got to have the protest shirt. <laughs> protest sneakers, you know, That's whatever right. works. <laughs> So, uh, but everyone have a happy Pentecost. Uh, Francisco, you have a good Pentecost. You're almost, you too, you're almost across the finish line uh, with all your coursework, all but dissertation, sir. That's right. That's almost right. Almost calling doctor. It only wants to come out of my mouth right now. I'm just holding back. So not quite, but getting there. All right, man. Well, until next week, I hope everyone uh, stays safe and be cool. Peace. Peace. <laughs>